This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy on this wonderful Wednesday afternoon. Today is a very special episode of our very special show. We are doing the Lord of the Rings trilogy. This is something we said we would never do. It's not a traditional episode. This is a special edition episode. We're going to cover all 14 hours of extended version content on the show today. Hang out with us. We'll see you guys in just a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? God, this is majestic. God Uh, damn, this is majestic. I just want to go live in a hut (laughs) in the ground in New Zealand. Concerning hobbits. Hobbits. Um, Oh, my God, I'm I'm excited today. (laughs) I'm so excited today. I am so, so excited. You know, like... One of the, the biggest heartbreaks of this show for me was that we could never do this movie or this trilogy on the show. You tried to sell me on Two Towers repeatedly. Oh, hundreds of times. Repeatedly. <laughs> and it was never going to happen. Never, never was going to happen. Guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie-related. I'm Ben Bateman. I'm your host of the show, and this is Andrew Guy, the co-host, co-creator, and co-producer of the show. That is me, and this is my favorite trilogy of all time. Talking about it today on... My favorite action movie show of all time. My favorite action movie show. <laughs> um, this is a special episode, guys. I mean, just because we said we were never going to do these movies did not mean that these aren't, like, arguably in my ten favorite movies ever made. Absolutely. I mean, and this all came from, if you guys are wondering why you're hearing this today and why this is a special edition. Several weeks ago, we did a an episode called Eight Movies We Wish We Could Do But Never Will. Um, in that episode, we covered eight movies. Um, and I, we've covered this on the show before, but just to <clears> recap for everybody, those eight movies were Boogie Nights, Jerry Maguire, Sunshine, The Weatherman, The Truman Show, The Other Guys, The Shawshank Redemption, and The Lord of the Rings Trilogy. Um, those eight movies were put up in a bracket on Twitter after thousands of votes... Thousands. Thousands of votes. It came down to everybody wanting to just see us do the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and it wasn't even really close. Yeah, it's like Shawshank looked like it was going to like make a, a run for it for a little bit, and then it was just completely blown out of the water. The most hilarious part was that you and I talk about those eight movies like, pretty often, yeah. and so when we set it out, I was like, we first put the polls out, I'm like... <laughs> Jerry Maguire's totally gonna win, man. I mean, everybody just... <laughs> I was like... I was like convinced. I was like... I, I, I was sure it was gonna be Shawshank. Yeah, and I was like... I don't know, I was, at one point, I was like... I mean, everybody just wants us to talk about Boogie Nights. Of course Boogie Nights is gonna win. Yeah. We were just like so off base. So <laughs> off base. Our audience was just like... like we would want to watch that. <laughs> yeah. That's what we want to watch. Yeah, no question. Our audience was just like... You guys were like... You're doing sh- you're doing <laughs> you're the Lord of the Rings. So here we are doing it. We're gonna cover these movies in kind of an interesting way. We're not mm-hmm. gonna do a traditional show with all the production notes and all the normal games. We're gonna do some kind of different stuff. Um, and uh, and I think that pretty much will get us into it. So if you guys want to follow along with the episode today, you can find the show at AMA Podcast. You can find me personally at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, you can find me at Andrew Guy. And I actually am going to be trying to pay a lot of attention to the live chat today since this is it's you guys. That's why we're doing this episode. So yeah. talk to us in the live chat. Tweet at us online. And uh, let's check out the trailer. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Let's queue it up. It's not a good trailer. It's not a good trailer. It's yeah. it's very it's very two thousand one. Well, it's just it's it uses uh, you guys will see it uses the the, the late nineties movie one guy voice. One ring to rule them. Yeah, <laughs> one ring to rule them all. One ring to rule them all. <laughs> one ring to find them. Oh yeah, the CG. Uh, one ring to bring them all. The devil's advocate. <laughs> in the darkness. <laughs> It's like a terrible opening. How could Peter Jackson be like, yeah, it's cool? It's that classic, really yeah. intense. Yeah. It's like the music that plays when Anakin's fighting Obi-Wan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have the higher ground, Anakin. You were supposed to be the chosen one. You were my brother. Come to life. Oh my god. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. It's horrible. It's really bad. Yeah. It was like 
good, bad enough that I chose to not even look up the trailers for Two Towers and Return of the King, which I'm sure are significantly better, but this was like the teaser for the whole series. Yeah. So they show this, and then they're and then they like, the Two Towers. Like, right, they advertise all... I mean, it makes sense. This is... This is this it's, is in the year 2000. Yeah, I mean, when you this know, came if out. you guys remember our episode on The Matrix, The Matrix has one of the worst trailers yeah. ever of all time. Such a great cast. It's a sweet cast, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Or adventure will we'll find you. We'll find you. It's my favorite thing. America Online keyword, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> go ahead, guys. Type, yeah. Go into your AIM accounts right now. Log in. Yeah, guys. If you just want to go put that uh, AOL, you know, AOL America Online disc in your computer to get some internet access, and then key in the keyword Lord of the Rings, you'll be able to find some more information on this trilogy. Uh, I had this funny instance last night where I had a... Uh, it's a, like way over the heads of anybody. They're like, I don't even remember like, that what existing. Is that? What are you talking about? Uh, I had this... I have a mini CD... Uh, that someone gave me like a video file on. Yeah. So it's not like a normal CD. It's right. like a mini one. It's like the really tiny ones. Yeah. And it was in my laptop and I totally forgot about it for months and I went to go put in uh, Return last night and I took and I pulled out the little thing, the little CD. I was like, oh, this is sweet. Yeah. It's like, this looks like a spy or something. Like if I was a spy, <laughs> I was like, oh wait, no, that would be 20 years ago. I, I This would look cool. Yeah. <laughs> like this is so lame now. <laughs> it's a little version of a CD. Yeah, this is insane. Oh, I stole the government files but the disc got scratched unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> if you have some cleaner, we could maybe clean it off. Wax it and skip just, over it. You have one of those waxing things you could buy at a drugstore. Maybe I can show you these encrypted files. It's never worked. No, no. they never worked. Um, so, guys, that is the trailer for Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, we normally start the show off with a thesis statement, which is kind of the, what we do is like a it's your big, bold thought about the about the thing. And so, uh, Drew, you, you mentioned that you have a thesis statement today, which I think is a pretty obvious one. I think it's the kind of the go-to. It's, at, it's either the go-to or not the go-to on the subject. Right, and it's already actually been... I was I was smiling when the trailer came on because it's already been discussed in chat a few times. Yep. Because it's the conversation everyone has, and that is that Lord of the Rings is the greatest trilogy of all time over Star Wars Episodes 4, 5, and 6. I take the side of Star Wars. Um, you take the side of Lord of the Rings. I absolutely do, which is funny because I grew up watching my, my sister, yep. my sister Sandra... And I would watch the Star Wars movies every time we got together. I love them. Yeah. Um, this would be my... This, so this would be what I would say. Uh, I think that Star Wars, the first Star Wars movie, is a more important movie in the history of film by a pretty significant margin. Um, I think that the Star Wars trilogy as a group of three movies is not as strong as mm-hmm. the three Lord of the Rings movies because I think that Return of the Jedi, despite it being my favorite of the three movies, um, is actually a pretty weak movie overall compared to one and two. Um it's just all of the Endor stuff, the Ewoks. There's a lot of really bad parts in that movie. Right. Um, I I mean, I, it's close for me. It's not like it's a. It's not like it's one of those things where it's just like, oh yeah, this Star Wars is way right, better, right. and these movies are not. Like these are in my top hundred favorite movies of all time. All six movies are on there, and I would I would argue that like probably my single favorite movie of all six is probably The Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, uh, watching. I, so, guys, for everyone out there, I went and I decided to watch all three regular, standard edition, yeah. mind you, uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings yesterday, which is the first time I've ever done it. I've done days in a row. I've done one, two, three days in a row. Or I think I might have tried to do all three ones, yeah. but it finished like five in the morning or I think four. it's one of those things like drinking a gallon of milk where like... Yeah. You, it's you, like, you start it and you're like, oh, god damn it. By the time you're halfway through, you're just kind of like sick. Yeah. But you feel the need to keep going out of pride. Yeah, uh, but so I watched all of them yesterday, and there were no bad parts in those movies. Like, I, yeah. I'd honestly say the weakest part of the whole trilogy 
maybe is the very end of Return of the King, but it's so necessary to the story. Right, to wrap it all up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just because you're at such a high climax, and then it goes to such, like, lows of Frodo leaving, it's kind of hard. But the, even when Frodo leaves, it's like you're brought right back into the emotional. Yeah. It's literally just when Aragorn's becoming king, and you're kind of like, oh my god, three hours is just He's going to start singing now. For me, I think the weakest the weakest of the three movies, hilariously enough, looking back on it, is actually, I think, Return of the King. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that, that was the other thing I was going to say is going back and watching all three yesterday. Fellowship just is, is the best. Movie. Is the best. It yeah. really is. Me and my roommate in college would argue all the time, and I'd say it was Two Towers because there's so many great moments in Two Towers. Yeah, but the overall story arc and the the fellowship forming and just everything, it's the best. Boromir. We're going to do, so guys, we're at, uh, later in the show, we're going to do our collective nine fist pump moments. Uh, we, we have a consensus nine, three per movie, that we're going to share, we discussed, that we came up with, that are like, we think are the best nine moments yeah. in the movies. Um, that'll be kind of the big, that'll be the big meat of this show today, because obviously, what this really is for us, is we're doing a show of fist pump This moments. is just, yeah, absolutely. This is just a fanboy geek out. I love this trilogy so much. Yeah. We're kind of abandoning, abandoning the general outline of the show, but we have cool, fun new games and like a couple things that we don't ever do so yeah I mean guys if you've watched or listened to this show enough time like this is episode 74 I think like we have I think we have the freedom to jump around a little bit and it seems like at this point if you guys have been with us for 73 episodes you know I feel like you're probably into this I so feel like you're into the <laughs> this is probably something that you wanted us to do so uh, I am so curious to hear what your thesis is then if you don't agree no I mean that's what, that's I was what s- yours is I was just gonna say <laughs> I, I didn't really there's a lot of things I could think of with these movies. I mean, for the longest time, my feeling was that the Lord of the Rings movies were the most brilliant use of CGI in modern-day filmmaking. Mm. Because I think that they came at a time with CGI in movies where, like, things were starting to look... Things were starting to look pretty solid, but you also had a lot of movies there where they would, they would try and they would totally miss the mark. Yeah. Going back and watching these movies, honestly, 15 years later... It doesn't really feel like they employ a huge amount of CGI. It's, no, I think it... Oh, sorry, continue. It's it's kind of like it's the best use um, because they did, like, they blended practical effects and CGI in such a wonderful way. And also, it was never like, we're going to create, you know, we're going to... It wasn't like like a crazy battle sequence with, like, a dragon versus a person. Right, and, right. They kept it pretty practical. And, and the part that really... My cousin was over, and he, he came over yesterday, and he... Uh, <clears throat> He was there just for the very end of Fellowship when they're trying to escape the caves. Yeah. And uh, and when, like, the the bridge and the yeah. it's all collapsing and stuff, he was like, oh, my God. He's like, that looks so fake now. Yeah. And he's like, when did this come out? Like, 10 years ago? I was like, dude, this came out 16 years, 15 years ago. Yeah, they were making he was it like, 16 oh years God. He's like, I was 8. I was 10. I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, when I saw this, this was the realest, most perfect. Like, there was... You yeah. didn't even know what CG was. And I was like, I know, things age, but it still looks really good. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. For the longest time, that would have been my... That would, that was, like, sort of my argument about these movies. Um, looking back on it, I, I think I I didn't have one that I felt was strong enough to go up against the fact that I really just wanted to have that conversation. I think, yeah, I think that's an important conversation to have. I think kind of the flip side of the trilogy conversation, because that's really the only one. I mean, you could make a strong argument for the Godfather trilogy, obviously. That's the, it, Yeah, that's the only other one that you can make an argument for other than Star Wars, because... What else? The Pirates of the Caribbean? No. You know? like there's... I mean, the problem with the Godfather trilogy is that it's not like a situation where it's like, well, is you know, is, Ret- is Return of the Jedi the, the least good of the three? Like, even though it's just a classic movie? Like, mm-hmm. Godfather Part 3 is awful. It's like almost unwatchably bad. Like, it's not a good movie in the slightest. I, I've seen it once. I've never watched it again. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's horrible. So, like, that's the, that's the thing is like, okay, from, from a basic movie-making standpoint... Godfather 1 and Godfather 2, they're better movies than any of the six movies in these trilogies. Like, I will just outright say that. Like, as much as I love the Lord of the Rings movies, like... Yeah, I see. Even then, I can't completely hop on board. I get it. When I I go back... Like, when I watch those movies, Godfather... Godfather Part 1 is one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, this is the best movie ever made. Like, this is... You you watch it and it's like (laughs) something's changed inside of me. Yeah, you're like, this is unreal. How... Like... And then you understand it. Godfather Part Two, in a lot of ways, is is it's that classic situation where the sequel is Sequel. actually better. But than you the can first never one. say that yeah. because Godfather's so good. It's the same yeah. th- situation as Empire versus Star Wars. The same situation two in a lot of cases. Versus, yeah. So, um, so someone just said that Two Towers they like over or Dark Knight. Someone just said Dark Knight. But yeah. I, again, it's it's just not even in the same conversation. I don't think no. as as Lord of the Rings and, and Star Wars. But great so trilogy. It's a, it's one of my favorites. 
Um, really quickly, and I know it's like, how are we ever going to get through all of our stuff today? Trevor Sanders says, <clears throat> which did more harm to the original trilogies, the prequels or The Hobbit? So it's like, what do you think? Star Wars Episode 1, 2, and 3? Or The Hobbits? Or The Hobbits. Like, oh, so, Star- yeah, it's gotta- so, so like unabashedly it was, it was the Star Wars ones. But almost... I almost disagree. Really? I almost think that the the Star Wars one, two, and three being so bad, yeah, made these this next thr- trilogy coming yeah. out be like that much more look forward to. I think people are like it's just completely forgotten about. It's well, like, I, the Hobbit, the Hobbit trilogy was like such an interesting. It was such like an interesting thing to happen because it kind of came at this it, when it came out. It was like. Did we need this to be three movies? That was the, that was mm-hmm. the main reaction that every which like, no because what the Hobbit's like a hundred something pages. Hobbit's significantly smaller. Whereas, than like Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings is like thousands. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, and then and then like it was just sort of like we we did this before. Like we, I don't know that we really need to just like do this whole story as another trilogy. I've watched them all and yeah, they're fine. Yeah, like the, I I enjoyed. Uh, I think it's the one where you where you first meet Smag. It might have been the second the one. The second one where it's like the the the. The interaction between Bilbo and Smaug, or yeah, Smaug. is awesome. That was Benedict Cumberbatch was fantastic yeah, as the amazing. dragon, and there was like that whole like awesome sequence with like they're escaping somewhere, the barrels in the water. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There was some really cool stuff in those movies. I think it's it's the feeling of just kind of like we miss Lord of the Rings. Yeah, can we just? Eh, it's like not quite there. They just like weren't special in the way yeah. that these movies are special. So, but but I mean, I I, I hear what you're saying. The the absolute just down in the dumps quality of those Star Wars prequels yeah. makes it so that they're almost not taken seriously as even like a connected part of the franchise. But if you were to have to rate either of the three on their own, you would definitely say that the Star Wars did a way bigger detriment to, Yo, the, yeah, to the whole thing. Yeah, such... I agree. And that's just... All it comes down to is Hayden Christensen. Yeah, hey, well, yeah, that and and just, like, the storytelling... The second Star Wars is so bad. Oh, yeah, just Attack a love of Clones? story. Yeah. It's just, oh, God, well, kill me. But and, it's Hayden... And Jar Jar. It, yeah, Hayden, it's true. Hayden and Jar Jar. Hayden and Jar Jar. I, I would still argue that Hayden Christensen is, account, is, is accountable for 30 or 40% of the awfulness of those movies. His he, acting is unbearably bad. Yeah, it's unwatchable. Yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, a lot, a lot of people disagree, but um, this, let's talk about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, let's do so, that. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's move through the show, guys. Like I said, we're going to follow kind of a loose format that uh, that is a little different than our normal show. So next, we're going to get into Star Profiles. Marissa is Thank you, Marissa. We've got Marissa Serafini in the booth. She is our engineer today, and I think she has been engineering our last several shows and will be engineering a bunch of our shows going forward. Is that right, Marissa? That's right, and I've been enjoying every single one of them. Oh, thank you. Marissa's an enormous fan of Lord of the Rings as well. She watched it endlessly, just like we did. And our show. She's been she's been engineering and, and been watching our show since about day one, year and a half ago in a different studio. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we love you, Marissa. Thank you. Oh, I love you guys. Um, if you guys ever uh, uh, watched when we did the Rocky Four watch-along, she's a huge fan of the Rocky franchise as well, so she's actually on that episode with us, uh, sits there and does the whole... Does the whole... Uh, kicks it with us. A million pounds of pressure A episode. million pounds of pressure. <laughs> okay, so, so Star Profiles, this is an interesting conversation because there are so many... Not so many, but arguably the roles in this film for Vigo and Elijah Wood and maybe even Ian McKellen are career defining roles yeah so definitely I mean you look at where these guys were in their careers at the time these movies came out um, this is always something I find really interesting uh, sorry to, ju- to hijack no, no, the no, shot no, don't worry about it but you know we're we're both in our late 20s and watched a lot of movies growing up we were just big movie nuts and like the Lord of the Rings franchise, movies like the Lord of the Rings, The Matrix, movies that came out when we were sort of right around that like 13, 14, 15 year old range that ended up being classics. The actors that are in those movies, it's funny when I when I go back and I watch movies that I sort of considered to be like before that time. So like a great example with this is uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. He's he's in Event Horizon. Right. Um, but that's like a couple years before he was in the matrix mm-hmm. like at the time he was like oh the matrix is like a current movie and that event horizon movie was before my that's time old. that's an old movie but you go back and you look at the way these careers string together and it's like the moments are so much closer you don't realize that when these people are in their prime most of everything relevant that an actor makes is within like a 10 or 12 year span because they most people aren't bruce willis's and tom cruise's right that have 30 and 40 year runs that's not normal you usually get guys that have like a really strong run for a decade sometimes less and that's it yeah, where they're, they're like gunning and working and they're trying, 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 and then they kind of get their break. Yep. And and then sometimes if they're lucky enough, they get a trilogy or something like this or a career-defining role, and then they kind of linger for a few years and try to do something a bit different. Yeah. And it usually doesn't work. 
No, I mean, and, and so so Vigo, if you look at the movies, Psycho in 98, that's the remake with Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. and he's like, I think he plays like her boss maybe, or like a yeah. businessman, Anne Hesch, that uh, he, like he meets her. It's Anne Hesch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's, it's not like he's a major part of the movie. He's like no, a supporting like small... Sam Coates. I can't remember his name, but I remember him in the movie. I never saw 28 Days or A Walk on the Moon. I vaguely remember 28 Days coming that's out, That's one with Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Uh, that's the rehab facility, love story, drum-com rom thing. Um, yeah, I saw it. It was fine. Yeah. But it's another one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, that's Vigo. Just like when I saw Crimson Tide, I was like, oh, my God, that's Vigo. Right, sweaty Vigo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> really sweaty Vigo. I mean, Vigo, he's in Carlito's Way. He's in Cliffhanger. He he's... does a lot of work, but he was just he yeah, was completely in, forgettable. In the 90s, he's just he was just like a character actor. He was in a bunch of stuff. And it's crazy when you think Aragorn, that's like... This is a guy, if you look at those credits those years before those movies we were naming, that's what he was doing. He was just like a character actor who mm-hmm. people liked, and he had some charisma. And they were like, well, let's just make him the king in the Lord of the Rings franchise. Yeah. That's insane. It's And you, you go and you flip it over, you look at Elijah Wood, um, who they chose to play Frodo. It Chain of Fools, Black and White, and The Bumblebee Flies Away, I've literally never heard of a single one of those movies. I'm in the same boat. Never, wow. heard, of it. never heard of any of them. Never, never known anyone that's seen any of them. Like, yeah, I... And Elijah Wood, who was he when we were this age? He I, was kind of something, Wasn't right? he in the, that movie, the, the the Good Son, the Evil Child one, where he's like this? Yes. Yeah. He was, right? That was him. Yes, he was younger. Yeah, and that was like a kid's... I, I mean, I don't... Prophecy? Yeah, I don't recall a lot of movies Elijah Wood was in. He, I think he, I mean, he was a child actor, but this... For both of these guys, this was kind of one of those situations where it's like, let's cast relative unknowns. Yeah. Um, kind of like Abrams just did with the new Star Wars movies. Yeah, you know, relative unknowns, and and make them stars, and that's exactly what happened. But from that comes the conversation. These two roles are absolutely no question the career defining role for these actors. No question. Absolutely. If I go uh, Elijah Wood, oh yeah, Frodo, Lord Frodo, of, Rings, of course. Yeah. What's the second thing you could name? It's like uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Sun, Sin City, when he's the killer. Exactly. <laughs> these are like really reaching here. And then Vigo is is the same thing because he's Vigo's totally a movie star's dude. Yeah. I mean, a movie. Well, I was not exactly not what I was trying to say. <laughs> the opposite a movie of what you're buffs trying to say. dude. Yeah. Like a movie. Like I love Eastern Promises. I love History of Violence. Yeah. Or History of Violence. You know how many people have seen those movies? Not a lot. Yeah. They're great. Like if you love. If you love Vigo, you've seen a lot of Vigo. I've probably seen a dozen of his movies. Mm-hmm. Is he Aragorn and no one else in my mind? No. To most of the world, 98%, I would say absolutely. I would completely agree. Ever remember seeing a film called Hidalgo? Hidalgo? <laughs> the horse race? Yeah. Marissa, would you agree with us? I agree. I've seen a history of violence, like you said. A lot of people didn't, mm-hmm. but... I think that that was an underrated film that yeah. I think most people should see. Both of those, I think Cronenberg did both of them. Yeah, well, I know he did Eastern Promises, which is honestly, it's it might be my favorite Vigo performance, even over any of the Lord of the Rings performances. Full frontal shower fight. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, anyway, guys, what that brings us to is the conversation that we are introducing a new segment, um, and this segment is going to be called Career Defining Roles: Yes or No. Um, we may come up with something. Thank you, Marissa. I feel like that should maybe actually just be our, our show just transition always, music. Anytime. It's going to be kind of funny considering that we like say we can't do those movies on the show. <laughs> you just always do, do things from like superhero movies and yeah. fantasies. Um, but uh, so the question here, guys, is we're going we're gonna to do three actors. We're going to name a role. And Drew and I are each going to take a different position debating for about 30 seconds each. Was this role the career-defining role for the actor or not? There are some that are very obvious. Like Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker, even though he's the Joker on the Batman cartoon. It's like... No question. Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. There's a handful that it's just like, it's not even worth debating. Right, but what about Harrison Ford in that conversation? Because then you can go, well, Han Solo is, but wait, what about Indiana Jones? Yeah. For me, that's one where I think because those are, I looked up a list last night, the top 100 greatest movie characters of all time. He's like, what? It's He's one and three. One and three, yeah. Indiana's one and Han Solo's three. Indiana's number one. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I was just like, if that's the case, there's no way you can make an argument for either one because like. Yeah, the, you can't. No. It's just, it's too much. So, uh, the first one we're going to start with here, guys, is uh, we're going to go with Orlando Bloom. People, I love people just talking about Hidalgo now. Yeah. Hidalgo. <laughs> Hidalgo. Um, because also in the movie Almost Heroes, Hidalgo <laughs> is the character that's played by, uh, not Eugene Levy. It's, I, wish, I wish you said Louise Guzman. No, no. It's, uh, it's, it's what's his name? Kevin Dunn. The guy, the act, oh, Kevin yeah. Dunn, who I fucking love. Yeah. And he plays Hidalgo with the, mus- Hidalgo. With the mustache. Oh, he's Remember? So and he's got the hair. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. Do you think of my hand? He got him. Okay, so 
the three or three of the roles, we'll just go one at a time, yeah. I think. And why don't we just stick to the topic since we're on Lord of the Rings and talk about Mr. Orlando Bloom. So the question is, is Legolas the career-defining role for Orlando Bloom? I'm going to say yes, and I will begin to argue the point, which is that I don't think that Orlando Bloom was particularly relevant as an actor prior to his role as Legolas. Um, he not only showed up in all three of these movies, then reappeared and had like a career reemergence later in his career in the Hobbit trilogy. The Pirates of the Caribbean would be the probably the closest thing you could argue is Will Turner because it's another huge wealth of movies that he was in but a lot of the other projects that he ended up in movies like Elizabethtown he just never really broke in as an actor many people cared much about he didn't really show a whole lot of ability outside of this role as Legolas and as as things age as time goes on these movies will live on where I think many of the others in his career won't he's one of the flagship five or six characters in the trilogy and as a teenager when I watched this movie he was just fucking awesome so yeah. that's what I would argue. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I remember watching this. I mean, you, you go back now and you watch Two Towers and all the other movies as an adult, and, and Legolas actually isn't that awesome yeah. anymore. Um, the reason that I argue that that Will Turner is bigger is because Pirates, I feel, was much more relatable to the general audience than Lord of the Rings was. Now, I know that seems kind of crazy to say since Lord of the Rings is considered the greatest trilogy of all time, and it's rated that way as such on IMDb, but there has been so many people that I've met in my life, mainly female, and, and that have just said that they had no interest in watching Lord of the Rings. It right. just seems weird. It's too fantasy. Or even, like, some of my, like, bro-y dudes bros are like, dude, no, Lord of the Rings, like, what? Fairies, elves, fantasy? crazy to me. It's crazy. It, it yeah. is ludicrous to me. But the Pirates of the Caribbean is, like, major motion action summer blockbuster fun so much money right the, i mean both these trilogies made like in the billions of dollars yep. so that's that's why i argue that will turner is is just as relatable as legolas so plus how many people know his name legolas you know right sure like the elf <laughs> the elf from lord of the rings and my bow and my bow uh, orlando that wasn't in the script did you just add that line or legolas uh, didn't know you were here today uh <laughs> Um, so, uh, all right, guys, that, that is going to be subject ones. The way this works, just to remind everybody, the question is not which is the bigger role. Right. The question is, is the career-defining role the career-defining role, or is it a question? Is it actually something that you could write off? Because, obviously, you could make the argument for Ferris and Ford that either of those are the career-defining role. It's just that, is there a clear number one? Right. Um, moving on to number two, we're going to go with Sigourney Weaver. Yes, and I think that I'm going to hop in first on this one because... The, the question being... Is her role as Ellen Ripley in the Alien franchise the career-defining role? And I'm going to have to hop on the side of no. And I'm going to say that the Ghostbusters character that she played was bigger than Ellen Ripley because I didn't watch Aliens growing up. I didn't live in that household. I live in a house... I grew up in a house with a mom and three sisters. And you know what movies we watched? Not Aliens. We watched Ghostbusters, one of the most classic, great action-adventure comedies of all time. It, they just, it just got remade... Everyone loves Ghostbusters. Everyone's seen the original. It's got some of the greatest comedy legends ever. And Sigourney is the one. She's the one woman. The sex act. She's so hot in it. It's Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters. So I'll, I'll jump back at you and I'll say, I hear your point because I didn't watch Alien or Aliens as a kid. <clears throat> I remember the toys coming out. Uh, and I, My buddy had a bunch of the toys. Alien 3, Alien Resurrection. Those were a little more our era. Um, Ghostbusters obviously is old as well. But it's true. I watched Ghostbusters a half dozen times as a kid. Um, could quote it, remembered all the scenes, recognized her as, you know, as the chick from Ghostbusters. That's what I knew. Um, I also would say that, you know, her, her having a starring role in Avatar, the, mm -hmm. the most recently, you know, highest grossing film we've had in a long time, is a big deal. The, what I will say is that, that because of the longevity of the franchise and how Aliens has lived on and how... It's like in the beginning, it was like the scary, the scariest movie of all time, followed by the one of the great action movies of all time, has now lived on as like Aliens is just one of the best movies ever. And when we watched it and did it on the show, it was like, oh yeah, this is unbelievable. This yeah. is the defining thing she ever did. Maybe I'm biased because I love action movies. I still think that if you say Sigourney Weaver, most people say Aliens. I guess Ghostbuster. Uh, I don't know. That's what they say. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, and 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 people seem to be agreeing with me. Really, in the chat, which I enjoy. <laughs> Interesting. Someone says, "Why? Why am I hearing my thoughts come out of Andrew's mouth? It's so weird. It's not weird. <laughs> I'm in your brain. I'm in your brain. I'm in your brain." <laughs> so we got one more for you guys. This is the flagship not one we're doing to rub you. for the day, um, and this is a really interesting <clears throat> one, guys. Leonardo DiCaprio. This one's tough. Titanic, as Jack. Or not. And this is what I will say. I'm going to jump in. And I'm going to say... You guys, you got to remember how old we are. We're 28. Yeah. You know? I'm going to say, Titanic, yes, it is the career-defining role 
for Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, I understand the argument against it. I do. He's had an absolutely insane career. He's had 19... Inordinate career. <laughs> he's the biggest actor in the world right now. Yeah. He won the Oscar for Best Pick for Best Actor and this last year. If he keeps year. going, he could be considered the greatest actor of all time with his career. Ever. An absolutely <clears throat> unbelievable, groundbreaking career. But here's the thing. I'm going to name a few movies for you guys. This would be the movies that come to mind for me as the biggest things he's done. You've got The Aviator. You've got The Wolf of Wall Street. You've got The Revenant. You've got maybe Catch Me If You Can. A couple movies in there like Blood Diamond. Departed, um, Inception. Departed, Inception. And then going back, nothing nothing from the Titanic. And Romeo and Juliet. The actually. Beach. Romeo and Juliet. Those would be the movies. The thing is, Titanic's the highest grossing movie of all time. Leonardo DiCaprio it had was to... was re-released. He had to do the thing where he took years away <laughs> from acting because he was so bound to the perception of him as the guy from that movie that honestly, as much as I think that Leo... I don't think you say Leonardo DiCaprio to somebody now and they go, the guy from Titanic. That's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. But I think if you were going to say to somebody, what's his most famous role of all time? It would be no question, no question if you really thought about it, it's Titanic. It's the most watched movie he's ever been in. And movies like The Revenant, they will fade in memory. I saw a pretty cool meme the other day of Leonardo at, uh, I think it was the US Open, talking to what looked like a 10 or 12 year old girl holding the phone. And the meme was like, you see this? This is Titanic. This is actually a pretty big deal back in the day. (laughs) That's my point. Yeah. Is that like, it's not, it's not his biggest role because the guy's body of work is too big. It's too massive. You sit there, you name all these movies, you could have kept going on that list for like five minutes. Yeah. Now I understand that 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It was his biggest role. That's what people thought about. And that's, that's, that was the one thing people still to me say, pay me like one of your French girls, Jack or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, that's funny. Yeah. King of the world. Yeah. King of the world. Yeah. He's done way too much in his career. He's been nominated too many times. He's just won The Revenant. It's like the movies that he's going to be remembered by now are Departed, Inception, and The Revenant at this point in his career. Maybe Wolf of Wall Street. I think that just got a lot of hype that year. But when you go Leonardo DiCaprio, people go, oh, yeah, man, I love Gangs of New York. Or, oh, The Departed? You, you've seen The Departed, yeah, right? right? You know, right. So it's one of those things where I don't actually disagree with you on this. Yeah. Because, like you said, Titanic's the, the biggest movie of all time, Leo and Kate Winslet are, are the heart of that film, but it's just too much has happened. Too he, much time has happened. He'll never be able to do something in his career, no matter what it is, as big as that movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he can never be on a boat in another movie <laughs> in his career again. Interesting uh, uh, point. I actually saw this on Facebook the other day. There's like a theory that circulates now that uh, in that movie, Jack is actually a figment of her imagination that doesn't exist. Oh, I, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. It's like and, super creepy. And it shows you a bunch of scenes, and it's like there's no record of, there's no record of him in the manifest. Um, he's like this perfect guy. He manifests right when she's having so much problem with the man she's supposed to marry, Billy Zane. Uh-huh. He's a cool dude. <laughs> he's a cool dude. Um, and uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. Anyway, guys, that's the rest going to wrap it up for career-defining roles today. Um, any thoughts in the chat? Any any agreements or disagreements? Uh, someone, someone said Inception. Someone said The Departed. I think the last one's pretty much split down the middle, and then I and I think you took the second one. What do you think, Marissa? You know what? I really enjoy it. Um, I I like Leonardo DiCaprio, and uh, what do you think? What do you think movie wise? When 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 I say Leonardo DiCaprio, what's the first movie that pops in your head? I think Titanic. There you no, go. There you go. Yeah, that's the one. All right, guys, we're gonna move on. Uh, so we're gonna skip through production development because there's so much of it. Um, yeah. We will give you some stats because it's it should, it's sort of a fun thing to do. Uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, J.R. Tolkien wrote these books. Um, they were written back in the 40s, I believe, mm-hmm. um, originally. There's obviously a, a lot of parallels between Nazi Germany um, and, like, Mordor and just sort of... That's that's kind of what these are about. Um, it's interesting how that that was his commentary, what this trilogy is. And C.S. Lewis wrote Lion, Lich, and the Wardrobe. Right. They were friends around the same time. And I believe that commentary was all very, like, sort of religious, um, which... Yeah, which yeah is, definitely very, very religious. And then Tolkien... Uh, didn't didn't pass away during writing Return of the King and his son finished it? Not sure yeah. if that's the case. I believe that's true. I, I could be wrong, but um, yeah. I mean, Peter Jackson. This is this is kind of this is it. I mean, Peter Jackson. It's the same thing. It's the same conversation you have with uh, with George Lucas. Right. You don't need to make movies anymore. You've already yeah. done the greatest thing you could ever do in your entire career. Yep. Um, but honestly, guys, like we said, this is this is 
we could do a four-hour show on production development and not do it justice. There's yeah. so much about these films. They, the, all the actors, the whole crew, they just lived in New Zealand for three years. They built cities yeah. and towns and Hobbiton and all that. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to know more about that, check it out. Wikipedia, I've literally spent hours of my life yeah, watching on, on that yeah, yeah, and reading about it. So, um, the, yeah, most important things here, the, the budgets on the movies, they shot them back to back to back and they cost 93 94 and $94 million. So, a pretty pretty large budget for the time actually yeah to shoot essentially one very 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 large movie um because every production really didn't stop um and they spent almost 300 million dollars back in 2000 2001 yeah you look at it now and you're kind of like oh my god that's so cheap but you got to remember it was 15 years ago but that's still i think the fact that he was able to keep them all within a million and split them up that evenly he's He's good. <laughs> he yeah. knows his shit, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, the, the total gross worldwide was just shy of $3 billion for the three movies, um, which is pretty pretty unbelievable. <laughs> pretty, yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. Uh, just really quick numbers here for critical reception. Um, Fellowship was nominated for four Oscars, or it won four Oscars. Uh, it's got an 8.8, and it's ranked number 11 on IMDb. All the scores in the high 90s. Two Towers won two Oscars, uh, 8.7. Number 15 out of 250. It's the only one with 100% uh, out of any of the three scores on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 96, 100 by top critics, and a 95. Uh, And then, as we all know, Return of the King, 8.9, the highest one on IMDb at number 8. All three within the top 15, and that one's a 95, 96, and 86%. And it won 11 Oscars, which is interesting because this is, the, this is the, the conversation that everyone has. What's the best? Yeah. I mean, I think, like, like I said, it's, it's really hard to not look at these three movies as one movie. Like, yes. it's, that's, that's the thing that you really comes down to. And everybody knows that those 11 Oscars that it won, it was because it was the third movie. It was because it was wrapping everything up. It was what the first three movies should have won. Um, you you know, had the to thing, pay tribute, you know? Yeah, there was no acting nominations, which is interesting. Yeah, I really think that, I, I mean, Boromir supporting in the first... <sighs> I yeah. think Gandalf in any of them is yeah. supporting, and I don't know about Aragorn or Frodo. Yeah, it's it's tough. I, I think Sam maybe. Yeah, I mean Sam. Sam I Sam is like my favorite character. Sam could have gotten thing. Yeah, yeah. could have gotten one. Um, so anyway, guys, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next the next bit here um, because. This is going to take a bit because it's our favorite thing of the whole entire show. Actually, you know, you mentioned your favorite character. And before we get into our collective nine fist bump moments, which we're going to do here, guys, um, do you want to just kind of who are your three favorites? I know we I know that Gandalf is on both of our top threes. We did mention that. But I feel like Gandalf's got to be on everyone's top three. This is yeah, this is great, guys. At AMA podcast, tweeted us online. Hashtag top three, whatever you wanted. Yeah, let's just hashtag top three at AMA and just. What are your three favorite characters in the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Yeah. Gandalf is definitely on both of ours. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? You can go first. Uh, I'm going to do one that I don't, I don't think is probably on a lot of people's. Theoden King. Theoden King. I, I've always said since watching this guy in these movies how he has not gotten more roles. How his career did not blow yeah. up as like the older white guy, like dad age, young grandpa. Like He's so good. His speeches are so good. Yeah. There's so much heart and conviction and heartbreak when his son dies and Why his death. Why do you trouble this man? Death! Yeah. You know, just like, ah. Oh. So Theoden is my third favorite character in the entire trilogy. Crazy. Theoden. King Theoden. Yeah. He's great. The, I mean, that's the, 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 the Rohan stuff with the Rohirrim, um, which, by the way, when you, whenever, whenever you're like, what's up, Broham? What's up, bro Tato Chip? My favorite one ever to use is, what's up, Brohirim? Brohirim. <laughs> which has always been my favorite. And, and you only get that <laughs> if you're like a true nerd. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a true like bro, yeah, Brohirim. Um, like I'm a member of the Brohirim. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> Ben doesn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that I, that whole entire Rohan sequence in in Two Towers is awesome. When yeah. he's sick and he's and Grima Wormtongue's there and all that stuff. And he yeah, and he comes out of his oh, it's so. Where is my son? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, I, I would say Doc have been my dreams of late. All right, I'm done. I'll yeah, stop Gandalf, <laughs> love Gandalf. Um, I would, oh, man, that is tough. Ooh, so we got Boromir. Aomir and yeah. Gandalf. Yeah, I love Aomir. I love Aomir. I also love. I also like Faramir a lot. Um, Not alone. I would say my number two favorite character is probably Sam. Samwise Gamgee. Oh, he's my number. He's my number one yeah. for sure. And then for me, it's a clear, clear number one favorite character in the whole trilogy, and that's Boromir. You no, know, no question. I know. I know. <laughs> he's so fucking good yeah hands down Go- going back and watching yesterday it- it's just his oh he's so good yeah 
uh, and we're going to get into in wild, more of that in, in the next uh, the next little nine collective fist pumps. Um, but yeah, that, those are my three, man. It's Theoden, Gandalf, and 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 Samwise. Yeah, Samwise's speech at the end of Two Towers. Samwise won me over at the end of Fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. When he's like, Frodo, no. Yeah. He's like, Sam, you can't swim. And he's and he just walks. Into the water. Just straight. He's just drowning. Yeah. He's just he's just gonna he's do gonna, it. He's like, I made a promise, Mr. Frodo. Mr. Gandalf. <laughs> I intend to keep it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, really good. Just the best. Um, all right, guys, we're going to get into our collective nine fist pump moments. This is a lot of fun for us. This is what the show is really about today. So we're going to try to spend a couple minutes on each one. We're going to do three. Thank you, Marissa. She remembers better than we do. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Killing it today. Um, yeah, this is like. I, to me, this is like what this is really all about. Um, this is it. This is the this is the meat and potatoes of the show right yeah. here. We're gonna try to do yeah. We're gonna try to do a few minutes on each one. So this is another great moment. Tweet in your thoughts at AMA Podcast if you guys want to share. If you have one that we leave off here, and we will leave some off because you could come up with the top thirty moments from this trilogy pretty easily. Um, there's a lot that we had to skip over. Um, yeah. Let's let's kick it off with the first movie, and let's kick it off with the first the first big scene, which is the forming of the Fellowship. It's just the best. I will take the ring to Mordor. I will take the ring. It it's that moment where they do something that is so magical in these films and that's just making you believe wholeheartedly that only a hobbit could do it. Yeah. Only the smallest, purest, simplest, most humble race could do it. Right. And when you see that and when you see him stand up on the table or the chair and he says it and, and Gandalf and Gandalf's face Gandalf's like because oh. yeah. he knows yeah. he knows the only other person that could, that could hold it and it wouldn't destroy him was Bilbo yeah in that moment when you realize like this is it here we go yeah, yeah that's it's just the best Gandalf's face and that yeah it's one of the best moments and then, and then you have all the different all the different people yeah. you have my sword and my bow and my ox <laughs> uh, yeah it's really really good the forming of the fellowships fan fucking tastic it's like definitely one and then you know and then and then mary and pip it's funny how like um the sort of what is it there's like this really like sort of uh i don't know light sort of just like silly kind of like almost makes you a little uncomfortable it would make you uncomfortable if it was in a worse movie way that all the hobbits act oh and the yeah. way they laugh they're like <laughs> you're just like you're like this would be so lame if it wasn't in such a sweet movie. Yeah, if you weren't so bought into the world, you'd be like, "Why are you guys? Yeah, this is too much. It's just too much." But it's perfect because that's the type of they have like seven meals by lunch. Yeah, you know. And Mary and Pip, you're just like, but they're just fucking great. They're great, and they yeah. have such good moments and their love for each other, and yeah, and they 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 consistently sacrifice themselves for the greater good. Yeah, you know, it's unbelievable. So the form of the Fellowship, I think, is a is a pretty clear number one. Moving on, uh, they go through the Mines of Moria and. And uh, we have the first character death, and it's not even a real character death, but no. but uh, well, we actually we, we've already, we already had the the Frodo dying too from the cave troll, right? You were like, oh my, because that scene is amazing. Yeah, where, where you think he's dead? You think he's well, you dead. don't really, well, you don't really dead. think he's dead, but you know, yeah. This though, you I did, yeah. I didn't remember the books, yeah, and uh, it's so good. It's it's Gandalf asserting his. Showing showing how big his dick is, basically. It's I mean, it's the whole thing from the he does what we talk about on our show is the the villain qualifier. Yeah, it's like this enemy is too great for us. Flee, run, Flee. You know, yeah. run, and then it's like, fuck you fools! Like, there's just so much sweet build up yeah. to the great line. Yeah, you shall not. Pass! Smashes the staff down, the ground shakes. One of my favorite references to You Shall Not Pass is in Forgetting Sarah Marshall when it's like, it's going through the montage of <laughs> scenes with him in sweatpants. <laughs> and he's, just, he's doing You Shall Not Pass in sweatpants. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, it's so good. And you think, you think you're like, he did it. He did it. He got he, it. He can beat him. He got the ball rug. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he and then it gets and his the ankle. Whip, you see the whip. You're like, no. Yeah, and he's like, fuck, you fools, run, you fools. Yeah. yeah. So then, one of the great moments after this is they get out. It's the, like the yeah. This is and this is. I think we agree. This, this is, is the one best of my, part of the whole thing. They go out and they're all like on. You know, they they get outside the caves and they're all kind of like sitting there crying. And the Gandalf's music gone. Is amazing. The cinematography. Yeah, and uh, and Aragorn says something like, "We need we need to move." And and Baromir's like, them "Give up. them a moment for pity's sake." Moment for pity's sake. Yeah. By nightfall, these hills will be swarmed with orcs. Yes. On your feet, Master Hobbit. And that's when you're like, that's why he's a fucking king right there. Yeah. That guy, he knows. He's like, it doesn't matter. Ah, fucking Gotta go. So sweet, though. Did you think he died? Gandalf? Yeah. Honestly, 
I can't remember when I watched it the first time. My mom read these books to me. I told you this yeah. when I was a kid. These were my bedtime stories. It took like a, a year or something to read the, the read the full Lord of the Rings to me. But um, it was I was so young, and she also read The Hobbit that I, I mixed everything up. I couldn't really remember if Gandalf had survived or not. It was one of those things where like, there's no way, right? There's no way he can be dead. Yeah, I mean, you. Yeah, I think. I just can't remember. To That's be what I kept thinking. I was like, "There's no way he can be dead," but then he was dead. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So the final one, and we've been we've been alluding to it this whole time, and we actually have the. We, this is a clip we have because this is it's my single favorite. It. It's my single favorite sequence in the entire movie. This so is Marissa, top if you three. This has got to be top three. Cue this me. up. Uh, it's the death of Barman. So for those of you who are listening on audio, um, I, I have to apologize because you're just going to sort of have to just like listen to us watch this uh, <laughs> for a couple minutes, but. Uh, we will try to narrate what's going on because it's there's the Horn of Gondor. See, this is to me, this is why this movie is the best of the three. It's, it's because like what we just said is like the forming of the Fellowship is an epic moment. Yeah, the, the, the "You Shall Not Pass" is such an epic moment, and then this is my single favorite moment in the entire trilogy. I mean, the tracking shot through the woods is yeah. incredible. It's you see, it's the first first time they're like, or the, I guess the second time they're really flexing their muscle as a Fellowship. Yeah. But it's also began to like disband. Everyone's yeah. kind of scattered. And also, like Barmir, you know, and we, obviously we know that he dies. But like, it's just sweet. Like Barmir is like so valiant. He's like takes out so many orcs. He's a great fighter. He's protecting Merry and Pippin. And like, he and he snaps out of it as soon as Frodo kicks him when he's when when Frodo's blind. Yeah. And he and it just goes right into this. Yeah. Because it's like I, what I love about Barmir is that like he is a great warrior. He is like. Almost fit to be king, but He's just like not almost, quite. Almost exactly, just like their whole family. Yeah, the steward of Gondor. Uh, so, and Lurtz walks up. Oh, uh, that dude's such a beast. I never knew that his name was Lurtz. I didn't either. You said that like three times today. I just yeah. went with it. His name is Lurtz. I, <laughs> He's gigantic in German. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually played by Dolph Lundgren. Uh, (laughs) The bow, I remember being like, oh my god, that looks like the strong, the hardest bow to pull. Oh god, I remember being in the theaters watching (gasps) this and just everything stops. Ah, done. Just like no, no, guy, sweet. Ah, and 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 he kills like six more. Of course he does. He's Sean, he's Sean Bean. He is Sean Bean. I would honestly argue that if I was going to like... I don't think Sean Bean makes my... Uh, my. I, I know he doesn't make my top 10 all-time interviews list, but I'll bet you Sean Bean makes my top 20 or 25. It, just just like oh, right here, and then... The amount of characters and movies that this guy's been in. And then Mary and Pip, I like I like when they're like, when they, yeah! They go, they go to... Yeah, they're like, they go to fight for him. Yeah. And they just get picked up. Yes! God, he's so sweet! Ah, oh, the scene breaks my heart. It, I think that this Boromir casting is one of the greatest casts of all time. Yeah. Because it's like you said, he's just not quite fit to be king, but he's so close. And he's so good at it. He's so good at being flawed. It, and you knew it. And he keeps taking the arrows. Because when you'd seen Sean Bean throughout his career at this point, he's kind of a bad guy. Yeah, he had done Trevelyan. Mm-hmm. He was in Ronin. But even a bunch of stuff. But I love that. Yeah. And they go to just, fight. Just picked up. Just done. And uh, the best part of the speech or the scene is the speech. Yeah. So this actually, this actually continues. So Marissa, we can actually, we can actually, unless you, unless you want to see the the fight between no, Aragorn and Lurtz. Right. The, the the fight between the two of them is exactly the way it should be. Yeah. It's like a real quick moment of Lurtz being a badass, and then Aragorn yeah. just like, no, just you're takes done. Him down. Yeah. But the best moment in that whole scene, and I, and I actually think it's my single favorite line in the entire trilogy. It might be for me because it, it did bring me to tears yesterday. Yeah, I watched it like three times. Yeah, um, it's and it's when Boromir, you know, because Aragorn saves him there and he takes out. I failed, I failed him. Yeah, with the little ones. Yeah, and he's like, I tried to take the ring from Frodo. Yeah. Forgive me. And he's and and Aragorn it's knows he's going to die. Yeah. And he's like. And he's like, I do not know what blood runs in my veins, but I, I promise I will not fail our people. And he's like, oh, people. Oh, people. Oh, and he's like, he's like so disgusted that he would say it. He has like, he has a moment where he's, his pride is like, because yeah. it's like, he would say our people. But then he also had, then he snaps out of it and he he's realizes. Like, he's my, this is my brother. Yeah. My, yeah. And he says, I would have fought for you. My captain, my brother, my, my king. king. And then, oh, it's when he says my king. It's, that's, it's seriously, I think it's the single moment in the whole trilogy because you're like, 
he was so full of fucking pride and he was so like honorable and he wanted to be king so badly and he hated so much that he knew that this man was the who really was a true king and he hated it because yeah. he, he had been his family had served gondor and he was finally in his death moment his like last words is like i would have i would have fought I for you fought. yeah God. it's so good i got chills talking uh. about it right now another moment that's just like that for me is not five minutes earlier in the movie yeah. When Aragorn stumbles upon Frodo after he just escaped from Boromir. Yeah. And he's like, but could you help? Could you save me from yourself? Or protect me from yourself? And then he goes and he grabs his hand and he closes it. Yeah. He's like, I would have gone to you to the very end, to the very gates of Mordor. Yeah. I just love it because yeah. I think truly the most infallible person is Sam. Yeah. And then it's Aragorn and then Frodo. You think Frodo's weaker than those two? I, oh, definitely. Yeah. I think God, there's no way. It's so tough. I guess at the end of the day, no. Frodo's the strongest he because he actually had to carry the, the weight. Yeah. But if the roles were reversed, they wouldn't have made it if it was Sam and Frodo reversed. Right. Because Sam couldn't have done it and Frodo couldn't have encouraged it. It's, just, yeah. it's perfect. It's perfect. All it's right. Perfect. Uh, so, let's yeah. move on to the second film. Yes. And this is great because this is after Mary and Pip have, have escaped. They've made it into the woods. Um, the orc that meets back on the menu, boys. <laughs> that whole scene. Um, and then... He and gets, then uh, you get introduced to Treebeard. You get yeah, you meet Treebeard, Tree? and then oh yeah, and then it's and then it's right after that when they think they're going to Sauron. Yeah, and it's right after it, it's well, it's because who who sees Gandalf there? Is it is it them or is it uh, Aragorn well, and technically Legolas. Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli see yeah, Gandalf right. first, but Treebeard's taking them to the White Wizard. Yeah, uh, which I think actually might be Sauron. Sauron. Man. Saruman because uh, he doesn't he doesn't know he's bad until they right. get to the, anyway so yeah so it's it's when they get caught in the in the woods yeah. by the elves and the light behind him and, and they're, they're like about the ready to the shoot dark. their bow he breathes so loud yeah yeah. Uh, yeah and they turn and then it's Gandalf it's Gandalf and he has that he has a couple sweet lines there but they're like Gandalf and he's like Gandalf the Grey yes Gandalf the Grey that's what they yes. called me that's what they called me I am Gandalf the White now <laughs> and I come to you now at the turn of the tide which is like my I think it's my maybe my it's most quoted so line in the entire trilogy I just love that I, I also love, love Shadowfax yeah Shadowfax is great the champion of horses yeah um, yeah so the, so him coming back I come in, I come to you now the next the next fist pump moment it's another Gandalf moment yeah it's well, it, it, and it's a com- it's a culmination of everything, right? Yeah, because it's Gandalf's like, uh, what's he say? He's in four days. I'll see you know. Yeah, and he goes to, to the hill of the east at sunrise. Yeah, because he goes to find the Rohirrim, and he that's when he saves Theoden, mm-hmm. and then he gets all of them and the Rohirrim, uh, and it's like Rohirrim charge, and they're coming down the hill, and when they're coming down the hill on the orcs, what I love too is they're, all, they're, they're they, ready to kill him. They got the pikes, and, yeah. I, and you're watching, you're like, man, they're really gonna take out a lot of these guys. It's not gonna go well. Yeah, but then it's just like not even close. It's the sun. It's, yeah. it's, it's the whole plan of everything. It's just it's it's just the good in the light overcoming the dark and the yeah. evil and it's right after Theoden's speech and it's let them come. You know, what what can man do against such reckless hate? It's yeah. just the best and then they you know, ride out. Ride out and meet them. And they yeah. go right out into it and then Gandalf, yeah. Gandalf. Oh my god. Oh my god! I want to go watch him again. It's really good, yeah. And because this, there's also the mine that happens right before this, where the where the orcs put the mine in the in the wall yeah. at Helm's Deep. Yep. Um, and Aragorn's like, Legolas, take him down, take him down. kill <laughs> him. <gasps> and he, he takes it, it twice. Yeah. yeah. You think he's gonna get it? Yeah. That's Legolas is the best aim, and he still misses. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of this one, I know this is your this might be your single moment. This is my favorite moment in, in all three films. It's Sam's speech. Yeah. Because it is one of those things where at the end of this film, the end of number two feels like the movie's over almost. It feels yeah. like we've won. But then you realize that, no, we're not even close. You know, what, what, when he's like, what does your heart tell you? When he's asking Gandalf what's yeah. happening. And it's just, and, and Frodo is just like, I can't do this, Sam. Yeah. And he goes and he tells him, he's like all about the great stories. The great the stories, people that yeah. could have turned back when they, when they had their chance, but they didn't. And he's like, well, why? He's like, that there's some good left in this world. Yeah. And that it's worth fighting for. Yeah. And it's just the best. And right at that moment when he says it, it, it like pans to Gollum. Oh. And, he, and he has that moment of like, it's like he's in. And then you hear that last little thing about good in the world. And he's kind of like, yeah. Fuck that. You know? Yeah, like, right. Oh, man. And then that's when you know it's like there's still so much more to this story. I know. And then I, I remember seeing that 
and the look on his face and the end of two in the theaters. And this is the one that I remember the ending. I remember the ending of this one in theaters more than any other mm-hmm. because the ending of one is like incredibly exciting. Yeah. But you don't really realize how much more of a story there is. That's probably why one's the best movie is because one almost in a lot of ways feels like it's the most complete story. Yeah. It's like a standalone almost. And, and like two is such the empire strikes back of, of things where it ends in such a crazy place. Um, yeah. And that look on Gollum's face, and it's just you've just seen Helm's Deep, which is such an awesome. It's the best. I, I mean, Helm's Deep's the best battle. Even yeah. even the battle at the end. Yeah, I know Helm's Deep's battle is insane. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to the third movie. And this is funny because we we really skip the first two and a half hours of this movie in fist pump moments. Yeah, it, even though there are there are great moments in there. Uh, one of the ones we're skipping is one of my favorites, which is the the I am no man from Eowyn. Yeah, uh, when she kills the uh, the Lich King, and that's 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 just such a sweet moment because fool. Yeah, don't you know no man can kill me? And then it's like a Hobbit yeah. and a woman. That's what kills the yeah. greatest warrior. Yeah. yeah, amazing. So one of my favorites is um, it's it's when so Minas Tirith is the city on on by the sea, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, when they're fleeing Minas Tirith and the Nazgul are chasing Faramir, yeah. and all, and and uh, Gandalf rides in from Gondor, and he like. He, it's like the Nazgul are chasing him, and he like puts the staff up, and, the and it's like the light. It's yeah. that wide shot of the horses, and it goes quiet for a second, and then there's this fucking sick the shot song. where it pulls. Yeah. It like pulls from Gandalf's point of view, and it's like his horse riding in to meet their, you know, like like their charge yeah. back to the city, um, and just the combination of all those things. It's just that action shot's beautiful. It's such a cool moment of like. It's a Gandalf just like repelling the evil with light. That again, yeah, it's one of those just like at the end of of Helm's Deep. It's like it's just light. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's one. That's one of actually my favorite single moments in the whole trilogy. Like that might even make my personal top five. Yeah, I just always love that. There's just one. something about it when you're watching and you're just like, we're so close. Yeah, it gives you chills. So close. That one gives me chills. Uh, I think, and then I think the destruction of the ring, all of that happening, the everyone's about to die it's kind of that thing it's yeah. like it's everything is about to fail everything is about to fall apart and then the ring sits on the lava yeah it just, it just immediately turns into stone well because it starts with frodo right before that is it's sam carrying frodo when he's yeah. when sam's like i can't carry it for you but i can carry you yep. uh and and he takes frodo in yeah and then yeah exactly the ring Gollum burns to death and well yeah well Frodo goes evil yeah and then he goes invisible then Gollum bites off his finger with the ring on it yeah. which is just like oh my god like so intense j- just when you're because you know that moment in movies you're like will you just finish yeah please yeah it's like this moment actually wasn't too much for me you were just like oh my god of course this is supposed to happen yeah, and right, then right. Gollum falls in yeah but yeah as soon as the ring then burns and it's that moment when the battle that's happening and Aragorn they all turn and they see the tower with the eye, the great eye start to fall, yeah. and it's like this awesome triumphant moment where they're all cheering. I mean, that's what this trilogy does so well is that they they set it up at the beginning with such an insurmountable goal. Yeah. It's so difficult, and it's so like the way that the ring is so evil and so powerful that it's like when it finally does happen, and you've seen the journey that each of these characters, you know, Aragorn is now king. You have you have Merry and Pippin, and they're fighting, and you have like. It's like all you, these characters that you love are dying, and everything is all this crazy stuff's happening. And you've been on this journey with them for three years. Like since the movies came out in succession, like that, you feel part of it. Like this has been three years. Yeah. You've been waiting for that ring to get destroyed. Totally. And so when they start, when they're all cheering, they're like Frodo, and then yeah. when and then like the volcano erupts, and they're. They get, they're running out of the hall, and they but back they then start having the moment where they're like they're probably dead. Yeah, they're on that little rock on the side of the mountain, and he's like, "I'm still honored to be here with you." At yeah, the end of all things, and oh man, yeah, and and you feel it, and then the the eagles come. Every time Frodo leaves on the ship, yeah. and says bye to Sam. One of the saddest moments. It's one of the saddest moments in any movie ever. Yeah, so you can't call it a fist pump moment because it's not. Well, it's like it asks a lot of really interesting questions, I think, which is which is like, what do these movies really symbolize and and why is Frodo leaving and like what's happened to him? What's the because when he says that to Sam, you know, we set out to save the Shire, but and it is saved, but not for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, You're sort of like what? Like, why is it's like once you've experienced the weight of that? Is that what it is? Once you've experienced that burden, that weight, I think it brings you to like a higher level or something like 
even when it shows the four of them sitting down back in the Shire having a beer. Yeah. And they're just kind of sitting there and just staring at each other. Even then, you're kind of like, how the fuck do you go back to normal life? Right. How do you? But then, you know, Sam gets married right away, and I think that's kind of that's kind of shows the path of, of what should happen for most people. Yeah. What, what could happen if you were not destroyed by the ring. And I think Frodo bearing that weight for as long as he did, it just changed him, just like it did to Bilbo. It's like, why, why take Bilbo? You know? Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It, it's like, for me, it's heartbreaking to think of like, but Sam's been with you every whole day time. through everything, and you're just leaving him. I know. Like, come on. I know. It's also like it, they, Mary and Pippin's journey, like, are, it's really great. And, like, they do such a good job with those characters because they seem so throwaway at the beginning. Yeah. Um, that, that, and they become, and this will bring us to the final, our final moment, which is uh, Little Hobbits, You Bow to No One. And, and it's, it's another one of these moments, which is like the power of these, these hobbits, these, like, they're, they're you know, hobbits, you really are the most extraordinary creatures. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it is really like that thing where, even Merry and Pippin, who are like such goofballs at the beginning and make so many mistakes, um, it's like the four of them standing. By Not the, yeah. Frodo and Sam, or just Frodo, but it's the four of them are being honored. And and they, they all earn it, like especially in the fourth movie, you know, with with uh, Mary going, I can't remember, I always get the two of them mixed up. I think Pip goes with Eowyn and Mary goes to the yeah, with right. Gandalf. And you know, and obviously Sam and Frodo are on their own. They all go through it. They right. all go through this in, this incredible journey. And yeah, the my friends, you bow to no one, and then to watch the king bow, and then the entire kingdom bow. To yeah, these four little guys. I, I'm getting chills talking about it right now. I yeah. think it's. I think it could be. I think that for me is the best moment in the whole trilogy. In the whole trilogy. Yeah. There's also another great moment too with which is Mary or Pip. One, one one of them is talking to Gandalf. And he's like, when he, that moment when he's like, I didn't think it would end this way. Oh, I love that. That's my favorite Gandalf speech. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good scene too. Um, yeah. So that's it. That does our, that's our, that's our nine fist pumps. Those are um, all nine fist pumps. Absolutely. And there's a lot more, but I mean, those are just nine that were like the nine sort of like, we can't not talk about those ones. Yeah. And, and I had to throw away a couple and you had to throw away a couple to make it yeah. a collaborative nine. But yeah. Like, just, just talking about those, I want to go watch, watch the it again. again. I want yeah. to just go. So, for the record, guys, um, I at home, my roommate's a huge fan of these movies. This is the same roommate who owns like the Braveheart sword and like the the Rambo knife, and like he's just like obsessed with anything that's like if he anything like fantastic. the yeah fantastical. Yeah. <laughs> he could like live in the woods. He would, um, but uh, he only owns the Blu-ray extended versions of these, and that was the only versions I was able to watch. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I got, I got like. Uh, you know, whatever the first one is, like four hours. I watched the first one, then I started watching the second one, and after like seven hours of content, when I was like still like just barely halfway through the second movie, I was like, I gotta start fast forwarding. I start, I gotta start looking for clips. Yeah, there's just no, I can't do fourteen hours of Lord of the Rings right now. I've done the extended journey yeah. once. It's a lot, it, it, and that's that thing where we're sitting there having the conversation at the beginning of the show, and I say, there's no bad parts in these movies. Yeah. If you watch the extended, it's not that they're bad, it's just like it's too much. They're long. Yeah. I mean, I think the extended versions, it's not like a normal extended, like 12 minutes of cut scenes. Most of them have 45 to an extra hour 15. It's like it's adding... are already two and a half hours long. You're Yeah, you're literally adding, like, you're literally adding your, like three to five hours of movie. You're almost, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's a huge, huge amount. So it's a large ordeal to uh, to take on. It's a very large ordeal to take on. Um, so, guys, we're gonna move on to the next segment of the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, good. I want to see because the, the chat's been blowing up, but I was so engaged. Engaged. <laughs> I didn't even get to look at it. Uh, so why don't you introduce the next thing I'm going to talk about? I'm going to just read through and see if there's anything I missed. Yeah. So you know what I think we only have a little bit left here. Um, Oh, you know what? Someone said that Frodo had to leave Middle Earth to the Undying Lands because one the the wound from the Morgul blade would yeah. have killed him eventually. Oh, that makes that's, sense. That's yeah. I mean, if that's if that's all it is, then I mean that seems too simple. But that's great, right? Um, yeah, yeah. People are just they're just talking. I just want to see. Sorry, cool. guys. I just want to catch up with you real quick. Um, yeah. So so guys, I think uh, <laughs> we're we're going to take an AMA question of the week here from. Uh, at WWJPOT, uh, uh, action movie uh, Octane Freddy. 
Octane Freddy, I think, is his name, but yeah, WWJ Poot Putt. Yeah, at WWJ P O H T. Action movie recast. Nine action movie stars, sidekicks to have take to take the ring to Mordor. Um, so we'll rattle through this pretty quickly here because yeah, I think it'll go a little long if we try to. Ball here. So uh, I think right. I think right at the beginning for me, what I what I want to have as my ring holder mm-hmm. is I will take the ring to Mordor. I, I think the T eight hundred. He can't be corrupted. He's, He's a right. robot. Yeah, his brain is in the middle of the process of a uh, learning computer. Okay, okay, I can do that. I <laughs> no, can see you that. can disagree. No, 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 I like that. I like the T-800 as, as Frodo. I, I, I'm i going to go ahead and throw in uh, my Legolas. Okay. I think Ben Foster as Archangel. From oh, because he's just a United. giant pussy? So <laughs> 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 like you go back and you watch, you're just like, oh, that's just, why are you in this? What All right, I'll give doing? you that. I think that's pretty good. Uh, I want my Boromir to maybe be... Maybe Denzel from Trading Day? Oh, definitely. Corrupt. Oh, oh completely corrupt. Corrupt. <laughs> but he, like, kind of tries to redeem himself, yeah. but he doesn't, and then he has an epic death. Yeah, like, maybe... But, like, he might have been able to do good. Maybe maybe we're maybe yeah. we're pushing him a little too far. One day. Maybe he could be... Maybe he's Denzel from uh, Man on Fire. The crazy instead. Yeah. I think it has to be Denzel, though. It has to be Denzel. Yeah. There's something sweet about it. Yeah. What about, um, what about Aragorn? Who's I don't like, know. I was trying to think about Aragorn. Who's like so just and noble and would never do anything wrong? D- like Denzel Wyatt from Tide? or something. <laughs> Just Denzel and every movie Denzel's in? Um, yeah, or like maybe... Nah, I don't, want, I don't know about Ethan Hunt in any of this. Yeah, I don't know if you could put Ethan Hunt Cruz into any of these roles. I mean, and then trying to cast... Glad, like, uh, you could do uh, you could do uh, Maximus Maximus yeah he could be a really Maximus would probably he, be he a is really... uncorruptible yeah Maximus from Gladiator for Aragorn I like how about Gandalf 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 <laughs> um, I don't know who you could put as like the wise oh by the way guys if you have like a minute or so there's a clip online of the scene where everyone's reunited at the end yeah. of Return of the King that's like in super super slow motion it is <laughs> hilarious it's like like, you've been Kellen's face guys please go watch it I don't even know how to just go like Lord of the Rings super slow down scene it's amazing Uh, reunion I I don't know who you could play who could slot action movie character you could slot into Gandalf somebody who's grizzled and old and wise (laughs) General Hummel yeah okay (laughs) Hummel yeah it's tough no because he's bad guy yeah he's bad guy what Gimli like Jet Li from it. the Expendables, <laughs> <laughs> all they do is make fun of him in those movies. Or maybe, uh, or maybe Vincent D'Onofrio from Magnificent Seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, good one. That's a good maybe. one. I'm gonna just. I, this is fun, but I feel like we're getting nowhere. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, move gonna, us on. I don't yeah. think we need to do the full <laughs> nine. This is a good. That was a really good idea. Probably one that would have been been better served to actually try to come up with ahead of time. It's a really good, really good question out there. Uh, um, Octane Fetty. Yeah. So uh, moving on, guys. To I don't think we really have to question are these movies legitimate. I think that's just we'll skip that for yeah, the episode. Totally. Not even. Um, and uh, and the the last part of the show is something called the, the bitch. bitch. Yeah, there you go. That came in right on cue. So so guys, I guess our original plan was that we were going to be doing Deepwater Horizon next week. Yeah. That was what was on the books. I saw Deepwater, and I Mm -hmm. thought it was awesome. Yep. I really enjoyed it. Um, So I think we're going to have to ponder that. I don't think we're going to make that decision on the spot here. We may do Deepwater Horizon. It was good. It's Peter Berg. It's it's got a lot of action. It feels very much like a movie we like. It's just... uh, It's sort of a disaster pick i don't know we'll have to kind of talk this one through yeah we'll have to figure that out and we'll we'll put up a poll like we normally do at ama podcast for you guys to vote on yeah um yeah yeah i think i think that's a good idea i think we should just leave it at that sounds good guys thank you so much for watching the show today this was a hell of a lot of fun for us the lord of the Rings special edition maybe we'll do more special editions down the line maybe this is this was just awesome this is like thank you so much for letting us do this yeah this is so fun yeah absolutely uh guys if you want to follow along with the show at ama podcast is a great great deal of fun to interact with us there and uh, you can follow either of us personally at ben dateman media you can find me at andrew guy and uh that's gonna do it guys we'll see you same time same place next week thanks marissa from producers day. Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.